Welcome to The Dive, the podcast that asks, who said business news needs to be all business? You may have recently seen the headlines that the founder of Barstool Sports recently bought back his media company for a dollar after selling it for $840 million. Now, I'm not the best at maths, but that sounds like a pretty good deal. And we knew that there was more of a story there. As of this moment, I have purchased back Barstool Sports from Penn. So that is right. It's back to the pirate ship. It's Monday, the 21st of August. And today I want to know, how did Dave Portnoy, the founder of Barstool, manage to sell his media business for $840 million and buy it back for just $1? To talk about this today, I'm joined by a colleague of mine at the Equity Mates office and a man making his dive debut. It's Alf Eddie. Alf, welcome to the dive. Thanks, Sasha. Great to be here. Okay. So first of all, I did say you might have seen this in headlines about basketball sports, but I've got to admit this one passed me by. Give me a little bit of context. Who and what are basketball sports? Yeah. So it started as a free four-page newsletter, which the founder, Dave Portnoy, would hand out on subway platforms and street corners of Boston back in 2003. So 20 years ago. I mean, street curbs to $840 million off. It seems like a pretty big journey to make in two decades. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty humble beginnings. But since then, the brand's gone digital and has become hugely popular, sometimes polarizing. Um, Essentially, you'd describe it as a sports and pop culture media outlet that's particularly popular with young men. Okay. Uh, Some names that I might recognize? Yeah. So some of the brands you might have heard of in the portfolio include radio and podcasts such as Pardon My Take and BFFs hosted by Portnoy himself and another guy, Josh Richards. And then until 2021, Call Her Daddy. Here's what we got today. This is going to be the explanation in my mind of what is going on or what has happened with Call Her Daddy. Call Her Daddy, which I think is second to you on Spotify. Do you know that? You're giving me a blank like you don't know that. I don't pay attention. You don't even know what it is. Oh, I know what Call Her Daddy is. Okay, so yeah, I know the whole controversy. Okay, I've got to admit, I didn't know the other names, but I do know Call Her Daddy. And I remember there was a big story in 2021 about them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so they controversially left Barstool for Spotify in a three-year, $600 million deal. Oh, must be nice. All right, let's put a pin in the Barstool sports story for a second and move how this relates to gambling because that's kind of where this is all playing out. Give me a little bit of background on gambling in the US because it's quite different to Australia, isn't it? Yeah, so we've done episodes on the dive on gambling before. So, you know, we're aware of the record numbers here and worrying numbers we have here uh, in terms of sports betting. But yeah, so and for most Australians, unfortunately, gambling is almost synonymous with sports, but it actually wasn't always that way in the US. Mm -hmm. Uh, You had places like Vegas where people would go to gamble, but it was only in 2018 following a Supreme Court decision that allowed states to individually legalize and regulate sports betting that we really saw growth. The decision led to a wave of states legalizing sports betting and transformed the landscape of gambling in, in the US. It led to the emergence of companies our listeners have probably heard of like DraftKings and FanDuel. Joining us now on results and the state of sports betting, DraftKings CEO Jason Robbins. Jason, thanks for joining us. And it's big business over there. So for context, the Australian sports betting market is worth around $4.5 billion annually. 
versus around 30 billion in the US. You know, I really think it has a lot to do with the culmination of the last several quarters, really the last, you know, several years of effort. Um, so it was a great quarter, but a lot's gone into it. First, the product has dramatically improved. So even though it only really started to change in 2018, it's made massive inroads. 30 billion is a lot of money. So how on earth did a media company that started as a hand-printed newsletter relate to the rise of sports betting in the USA? Because I think there's still a connection there that I'm not following. There's still a connection. We're getting there. We're getting there. So <laughs> okay, okay. Firstly, I'll give you a rundown of Barstool's acquisition history. Mm-hmm. So Portnoy relinquished sole ownership of Barstool in 2016 when the Chernin Media Group bought a majority stake in the company for a rumoured $10 million. So that valued the company at around $20 million at the time. Then four years later, January 2020, Penn Entertainment, a publicly listed gambling company in the States, acquired 36% of Barstool for $163 million. Mm -hmm. So big numbers there. And then in February this year, another three years later, Penn exercised an option to buy the remaining portion of the company and become the sole shareholder of Barstool. They ended up spending over 550 million US dollars on the acquisition. So a big payday for uh, Dave Portnoy, the owner. Yeah. And that's where we're getting that 840 million from, because that's what it translates to in Australian dollars, right? That's right. That's right. So their rationale for buying Barstool was that it's quote, authentic voice and vast loyal audience would serve a strong top funnel for new customer acquisition. And that Alf is just a fancy marketing way of saying that's a massive audience that pays a lot of attention to the products that are mentioned by their hosts and people. So in the same way that every time I watch a Netflix show, someone's wearing um, Beats by Dr. Dre and I think to myself, hmm, I really like a pair of those headphones. That's what Penn's yeah. kind of trying to do with Barstool, right? Spot on. Okay, I'm seeing the connections a little bit more then. But Alf, this plot is becoming more and more complicated because you've also told me that Disney is somehow a part of this mix. So let's find out how the world's favourite mouse is connected after the break. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. So as of this moment, we are no longer a pen company. I bought back Barstool, so I own all of it now. Um. Welcome back to The Dive. Today we're talking about how Barstool Sports founder collected $840 million for his company and then managed to buy it back just a couple of years later for the price of a dollar. Alf, this is a really complicated plot. Like I thought like Home and Away and Neighbours and, you know, Sex and the City were a bit complicated, but this is turning out to be quite the drama. And you've just told me that Disney's part of the mix. Howdy, partners. It's me, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Tell me how the mouse is involved in all of this. 
Okay, firstly, I'm kind of worried that you think sex in the city is complicated. <laughs> it's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Carrie goes home, writes her blog post about her day and her relationship issues. But anyway. So, <laughs> fair point, fair point. <laughs> it's called Sex in the City. We're going off tangent then, but I'll bring it back. So basically this all happened because Disney has made its first move into sports betting. Seems a bit unusual. It doesn't really align with the Disney brand and you know, its family-friendly face and sports betting. But, you know, we all know Disney's a bit evil anyway. <laughs> I didn't know that yeah. I knew that, Alf, but I'm <laughs> considering myself informed now. But, yeah, how is Disney deciding to get involved in this scene? Yeah, so ESPN is actually owned by Disney. Uh, and Penn have recently signed a new sports betting deal with ESPN. Mm-hmm. ESPN has agreed for Penn to use its brand to help grow its betting business online in a 10-year agreement worth $2 billion. Penn reckons it will generate between $500 million and $1 billion of annual long-term earnings in the deal. So Bob Chapek, the former CEO of Disney, said last September that ESPN was looking for a partner to dabble in gambling, noting that the company wasn't actually planning to create its own sports book, saying, quote, that's never been on the cards for the Walt Disney Company. So Alf, this is just a way of them dipping their toes in the water without getting fully submerged. Yeah, so exactly. So they'll have this newly rebranded ESPN bet app, which will be promoted on ESPN streaming services and they'll also have access to the full breadth of ESPN talent. Okay, so Alf, I think I'm finally getting the pieces and threading them together. You're right. Sometimes I do find simple things complicated, (laughs) but basically Penn buys Barstool, but then Penn and Disney are doing a deal through ESPN and Penn has decided to rebrand as ESPN Bet. That's where we're at so far. Yep. But why does Barstool change hands for a dollar? That still makes no sense to me. <laughs> okay, hopefully we'll make a bit more sense soon. So firstly, the Barstool investment just didn't work out for Penn as they'd hoped. As we know, the gambling space is heavily regulated and that just didn't really gel well with Barstool's way of doing things. At some stages, Penn were even denied certain gambling license because of the way Barstool operated. We got denied licenses because of me, you name it. So the regulated industry, probably not the best place for Barstool Sports and the type of content we make. So they're ditching Barstool to make way for their partnership with an even bigger name, ESPN. They'll be rebranding the online sports betting business from Barstool Sportsbook to ESPN Bet. So at the same time of the ESPN deal, Penn sold Barstool back to its founder, Dave Portnoy, for quote, a nominal cash consideration of just one US dollar. So basically, Barstool was a thorn in the side of Penn and they just thought, you know what, let's just get rid of this. But does that mean that Penn just writes off that amount of money or is that 600 mil hiding somewhere in the accounting books? Yeah, so Penn said in the filing that the deal will result in a pre-tax non-cash loss of between $800 million and $850 million, which includes around $720 million in goodwill and intangible asset write-offs. Also etched in the deal were the rights for Penn to receive 50% of gross proceeds received by Portnoy in any future sale or other monetization event. So that essentially means an IPO for Barstool. Mm-hmm. However, Dave has said he never plans on selling Barstool again. And by the way, I am never going to sell Barstool Sports, ever. I'll hold it till I die. And when I die, I'll give it to Dan or Kevin, who's ever left standing. If their kids are still alive, they'll get whatever. We will pass it down. This is now going to be a place for content, content, content. Okay, so they are hoping at some point they're going to recoup this money. But Dave's saying, nah, not a chance. 
it's mine forever yep. now. What's the deal with this $1 acquisition thing? Is this something that a lot of companies use or did these guys make it up? Yeah, so it's what's known as a peppercorn payment. You might have seen articles in the past about you know, companies making transactions for $1. It seems odd. It makes you think, hold on, I could afford to buy, you know. <laughs> get me in that room. <laughs> yeah, so essentially it's just a payment exchange between parties to make a contract legally binding while not necessarily reflecting the true value of the transaction. There are a few other famous examples. Just one is HP sold its former headquarters of Compaq to a real estate company for just $1. Oh, that's so interesting. I didn't realize it had a name, Alf, because my dad actually bought a car from a neighbor of ours who wanted to get rid of it. And I remember they changed the keys over a dollar for that exact reason so that they could sign the contracts. But I, I didn't know that it was a commonly used thing. So I guess that asks the question, what's the future of Barstool? And then what's the future of Disney and its sports betting arm? Yeah, so Barstool will now have full creative license over their content. Mm -hmm. And are they going to keep going with the sports betting stuff? Yes, that's a good question. So they'll continue creating betting content. Dave has come out and said that, but they've agreed to certain non-compete covenants. So we won't see them partnering with competitors like FanDuel or DraftKings. For us, for Barstool, for the first time in forever, we don't have to watch what we say, how we talk, what we do. It's back to the pirate ship. ESPN, it's a massive sports network. It might be like for Australians if KO were to start pushing their own KO bet app to compete with sports, but it doesn't sit well with a lot of people. A lot of people think gambling ads should be banned in Australia full stop. So it'll be interesting to see how it's received in the States. Yeah, when you put it in that local context, it does make you think, how comfortable would I be with that? Alf, final question. Who are the winners and who are the losers? Yeah, so Portnoy is definitely the biggest winner here. He's already had his massive payday and now he regains full ownership of his company. Barstool fans are happy because Dave's back and they have more control over the content direction. The question really is if it's going to pay off for ESPN and Penn. There are actually rumors that Disney's planning to sell ESPN, so it might be a way of them fattening up the cow before taking it to market. Yeah, especially if they're going down this whole betting route. I can't imagine that that, as you so rightly pointed out, marries too well with their family-friendly image. But I guess it's a wait and see. Yeah. And we're going to leave it there for today. As always, I'm going to ask you for a favour. Can you send this to a friend? Maybe a friend who listens to Call of Daddy or loves Barstool Sports. It really is the best way for us to go. Alf, thank you so much for joining me today, bringing such a good story and making your dive debut. I really appreciated it. Thanks, Sasha. And I'll be back in your feeds on Wednesday. Until then. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Hi. 
This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.